Welcome to another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks to our sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading Services, Beckett Authentication Services, ComC, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, HA.com, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Huggins and Scott.com, PaniniAmerica.net, Tops.com, that's T-O-L-P-S.com. I guess you would know that if you're listening to this podcast. And Upper Deck. Rich, welcome again. Thanks, We're going to talk about Albert Pujols. You know, Jim, the first thing that I thought about as you were doing the list of sponsors was this is the first person among the players we've discussed whose career is totally within the Beckett Grading Services era. Since the Beckett Grading Services really began in 98, Pujols' rookie cards are 2001. He has a couple minor rookie, minor, minor, minor league, yeah, well, you could say pre-rookies in 2000. Thing, yeah. But basically, we were getting Albert Pujols cards in 2001. And that's pretty amazing that, you know, 19 years later, 18 years later, we're still getting cards. BGS, you know, ComC, where I'm now at. Everybody, he's still such a name. He's got the 600 career homers. He's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, Has he been too consistent for his own good? I think he was. He's had a series, of, especially in the first 10 years. The first 10 years, he, he, just, had, he, just he was amazing. Kept, but just stayed he, strong. Yeah, he never. But then people came to expect it. Did they take him for granted I in think, St. Louis, perhaps? I think they did. I think St. Louis, I think we saw, and it's a pro and a con, the 10 year contract that Arnie Marino at, in the Angels gave him. He understood that probably it wasn't a viable contract, especially the back end of it. On the other hand, when you're getting television money like they do, in the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which has had more name changes yeah, than, yeah. you know, than somebody who's been married eight times, yeah. um, is you know that he's going to be on TV three, four, five hours every night during the summer. And there is a big value to having an intrinsic player like that, you know, carrying your who's, broadcast. Uh, a little bit multicultural, don't you think? He's very multicultural. He's in always a, been in a positive way. He's always been very community oriented. Yeah, yeah. He's always done a lot of stuff for charities. So it's always good. He's a good signer. You know, yeah. he's always done good things for the community. So, you know, that's a big help having a positive role model, so to speak, you know, in terms of your face of the franchise. And I'm sure they didn't expect when they signed him as the face of the franchise that a couple of years, <laughs> a couple of years later, a new and younger face of the franchise would show up. Who, yeah, who just has been spectacular. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, you know, in baseball, you only get to bat once every nine times. So having two guys that are, I think automatic, well, trout, I think is already a Hall of Famer, even if something happened. And Pujols, absolutely. And then on top of it, you got Shohei Otani. Yeah. And so you've got three. Well, he three needs to stay of, healthy. He needs to stay healthy. You've got three amazing hobby figures. Well, the fact that he can hit as well as he does, that even if his arm doesn't come back as a pitcher, yeah. he'll be a decent enough hitter, and he'll probably, he probably could play first base later. So the Angels, I think, have at least accomplished you know, having players you want to see in person. Absolutely. And, and uh, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a global game. In, in many respects, the popularity in Japan is, is very strong. So Shohei Otani, um, that's, that's a coup. And then you have the Dodgers, you know, the other team in the area that the last time I looked 15, 16 games up already, I think they're going to win the division at this point. That's probably a pretty sound supposition. So, Mm. (coughs) excuse me. Well, there's a couple of things on Albert Pujols I remember. One, his Bowman Chrome rookie signed number to 500 is by far his key card in 2001. There are a lot of other cards. I know there's a great Donruss card in 2001 that's signed and very tough. And he's got other cards in Fleer and Upper Deck that are really good too. But the Bowman Chrome 500 seemed to be the magic card for a long time. 
Well, uh, you know, in the in the current lay of the land, the uh, if you were a tops, I mean, if you were a rookie coming up this year, you'd you'd have tops and the various tops brands because tops has the the baseball exclusive uh, dual license of players and and properties. So you'd have some tops brands to pick from. But back in two thousand and one, you had multiple Fleer, multiple Donruss, multiple well upper deck. And so he had a lot to pick from, and, and Thompson Bowman and all those. So he, he had many, many well, rookie cards and, and, and different parallels even within that. To make one small correction, to, you know, if you do get an Otani card, the Panini brands are considered rookie cards. They are, they okay. are sponsored from the Players Association. They just don't have the logo. So if you really prefer Panini, okay. you certainly have the option of having a Panini. If Pujols came up today, he'd probably have some Panini rookie cards okay. that he probably signed. So we, we want to be fair to Panini. Okay, too. okay. But still, the fully licensed in their own uniform. We've, you know, the rookie card definition has evolved over the years in it. And a big part of that definition was originally was the perception of being in the major league uniform. Right. But as, even for but some examples, even as so far back as 1985, with Mark McGuire, a notable but, example yeah. that the people speak. So we can say what we want to say. And I remember having discussions with the, the major league baseball people back in 0405, mainly 04 and 05, I think maybe it would maybe be 04 or 05 because yeah, the rules change in 06. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there were some concerns about uh, everybody working together to bring about a change that would be positive to get players in their rookie cards in their rookie seasons, well, which, they, again, it didn't happen that often back in those days, but it did for, for Well, Pujols. they had come off 2001, not only with Albert Pujols having 2001 rookies, but Ichiro Suzuki having 2001 yeah. rookies. And I can think we can say, now that Ichiro has retired, yes. you know, that he will make the Hall of Fame. He has 3,000 hits in America and all those Unbelievable. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't play here until he's 27. And you've got two Hall of Famers with rookie cards the same year, right. neither of whom had any of the Bowman cards from the, you know, Mariano Rivera, who just got inducted in the Hall of Fame, for example. He really burst onto the scene in 1996. His rookie card's 92 Bowman. 92 Bowman, yeah. yeah. So you're dealing with a four-year difference. With Pujols, and granted, there's only two years that Pujols was in the minors, so... They, and he wasn't super highly drafted, so they, he just might have been missed. And you couldn't get Ichiro in since he was playing in Japan. So you had a perfect storm in 2001. Right. With a lot of pent-up demand when those guys hit the field and started producing. And both of them were were very consistent. Both of them were consistent, and they were great from the start. And so it carried 2001 for many years. And there was even a time where 2001 became Mark Pryor joined in the fund for a few years before his arm went bad. And he was considered the hotshot prospect. And, you know, the Cubs got to almost got to the World Series in 2003. But he was another player carrying 2001. The 2001 year was just pretty incredible for rookie cards. Well, uh, I, I think it was. And like I said, you don't when when in, back in the day when you were prospecting rookies, you didn't it frequently would be the year before. But for Pujols, for Ichiro, they were collecting contemporaneously with the performance that was really coming through, and it really drove the demand. And you can see his rookie cards. There's not a correlation that. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a, a some correlation, but not a perfect correlation. That the the more uh, larger quantities of serial numbers or or production perception, uh, the the lower the price. The prices are all pretty strong, but. If you look at it, you'll see sometimes there are things that look like anomalies. And as we were talking about Tops and Panini, is there's a perception sometimes in the pecking order of the brands at that time that this was a more popular brand or a more uh, sought-after brand, and it would drive the price up. As, or more attractive. More, as a matter of fact, Upper Deck, among the more basic products, was actually by far the most expensive and the most popular Pujols card by 
by a lot. It was really, it was a beautiful photo, and that card was going to be a base card explosion. I think it, there were probably legitimate sales when Pujols was absolutely at his peak about five or six years into his career, where that card was sold over $100, and this is before it got graded. And the thing was, until he left St. Louis, you're right, he was consistent. The nickname was a machine. Yeah. I remember when the Cardinals played the Rangers in the World Series. Pujols has a game where he hits three homers. And you didn't realize it because he didn't hit the homer in the first inning. It's like four, six, and nine. <laughs> and by the time you're done realizing it, wait a second, that's three homers. And he, you, expect, you almost expected him to get a hit every time he came to the plate. In 2005, one of the things that also made his legend was when he hit that monster shot off Brad Lidge to send it to oh, game seven. Oh, it's like went out in a split second. Yes, I mean, he didn't have time to flip his batter. No, nobody flipped it. It was just like gone. Gone. And Brad Lidge, did he ever recover from that? Yeah, he did. He, oh. he did. In fact, he got to the Phillies. He had a mystique first. until that time that he would overpower the guys, and all of a sudden, poof, four years later, gone. three years later with the Phillies, he's the closer. Yeah, he has a perfect savior okay. all through the ring. So he okay. he got a World Series ring, and so and yeah. I think he made he did not close out the next night after that because Roy Oswald pitched the game of yeah. his life. Yeah. But you know, Pujols, you you expected things like that out of him in those days. When he was with the Cardinals, you expected that greatness. And, you know, Roy Oswalt, going really on a tangent, is one win shy of most wins ever by a career Astros pitcher. You know who's number one? Uh, Mike Scott. No. Nolan Ryan. No. Joe Necro. Joe Necro. Joe Necro, brother of Phil, has 144 wins as an Astro oh. pitcher. Oswalt has 143. I know we're going off yeah. a little, but that's, that's kind of wild. That, you might win some bar bets yeah, even in yeah. Houston that way. <laughs> well, uh, Pujols has a lot of a lot of rookie cards, as we said. That was back in the day when when uh, there was a lot of competition among the the licensees. And I, I loaded up the Beckett uh, the uh, online price guide, and actually there were too many Pujols cards to load. It could only load ten thousand, but I noticed that there are eighteen thousand four hundred and ninety three Pujols cards listed. And I thought, well, that's amazing. Could anybody collect all those? Actually not, because a lot of them are, 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 are one of ones. In fact, again, this is just with a little tweak of the software or, or just knowing where to look. Out of those 18,000 cards, 14,000 of them are serial numbered. That's a big percentage. That's a big percentage, but it just shows Pujols has been in the era of serial numbered cards. Serial numbered cards in the 90s, they could have high serial numbers and still be tough to get because they were... Difficult to find in a product that... Well, you have 91 Donruss Elite. They made 10,000. 10,000 would go find them. However, in the this, in this, this century... If you make 10,000 of a card in this century, it's probably in a yeah, quarter box That would somewhere. be a base card or worse. Yes. Yeah, so... I got a thank you from somebody that I helped on something a number of years ago. Maybe 15 years ago. It was a long time ago. And I said, here's just a little something from a friend of mine that just wanted to say thank you for helping our organization. It was like a poster of Albert Pujols, you know, signed in gold Sharpie or something. Oh, that's wonderful. And it was very cool. And that was when he was uh, still the Cardinals, obviously. And uh, I haven't framed it, but it's it's rolled up and safe. But uh, just an indication that uh, somebody that wasn't, they weren't so much in the hobby, but they knew that I cared about uh, cards and memorabilia. And I really like collecting cards and memorabilia of uh, players that I think are worthy of respect, which and, I think is very true of Albert Pujols. And I'll leave you this, with this. Ask Kevin Hake, who used to be at Beckett and now at Panini, ask him what it was like pitching to Pujols when they were both in high school. 
Well, that I will, I will tell you, definitely will be. I will tell you the ball traveled. Episode. I will tell you the ball traveled quite far. <laughs> Did he get the same whiplash that Brad Lish? Yes. Lish apparently recovered from. But I yes. think that would be. Yes. So Kevin, okay, okay, we'll bring Kevin in here one of these days. Uh, thanks, Rich. Thanks, Jim. A uh, little trip to check on uh, Albert Pujols and his cards. We'll we'll do some other players and do some other issues uh, in the future and another time and perhaps even tomorrow. So again, thanks, Rich. Thanks, listeners, for your attention. Beckett Insights at gmail.com if you've got a question or a comment or a suggestion. Thanks again. Bye.